Howdy, folks, and welcome to the Kentuckian Podcast. Enjoy. Let's talk for a few minutes on what it takes to be free. As Americans, many of us consider freedom to be, well, really important. Libertarian philosophy is perhaps one of the more well-known expressions of this attitude. It often comes up with, uh, the idea of freedom often comes up with the homosexual and transgender debate, where people on both sides, on the left and the right, will say that as long as it doesn't hurt anyone, it shouldn't be controlled by the government. How does my life or individual uh, actions affect you as long as I'm literally not attacking, not causing physical harm to you, to someone? Some libertarians will make this same argument about drugs. All drugs should be legal because as long as you're not hurting someone, what you do at your home is your business. But how does all this hold up under scrutiny? How does this idea of freedom hold up? Is it really the best idea of freedom? What did the founding fathers think? In order to be truly free, we need to truly understand freedom. Let's think about freedom and how it's considered today, what we think of it as today. Nowadays, most people think of freedom as the ability to do whatever you want within reason. This actually isn't totally wrong, but we need to add more context to it before we're finished here today. Where this is perhaps most obvious is in areas that have traditionally been considered moral behavior areas. When you're talking about things like sexuality and sexual behavior, Drugs and alcohol, and even, quite frankly, murder. Think about abortion, uh, the debates on euthanasia, and even suicide. Like we've already mentioned, people tend to think today, as long as it's not hurting anyone, what's the big deal? Our generalized concept of freedom today, at its core, is a self-centered one. Think of it. I can do what I want as long as I am not hurting anyone. I'm free to do what I want, and you can't tell me what to do. And so on. Don't tread on me has become mind your own business. And again, in a sense, they're not totally wrong. I agree that we need to be mostly free to do what we want. In a sense, that we should, people should mind their own business. And that if what you're doing doesn't hurt anyone, then in general, that's not a big deal. At least from a legal standpoint, I agree. However, the self-centered and out-of-context attitude that colors those views is what I have and what we should have a problem with. So how should we think of freedom? If that's not correct, if that's problematic, then how should we think of it? As we've already alluded to, one of the main issues is that we think of freedom only through an individual and selfish lens. We want to act like drugs, sinful sexuality, disregard for laws we find inconvenient, while following illegitimate laws that have inconvenient consequences are all par for the course, that they're okay. What we consider freedom today doesn't affect other people, right? As long as it doesn't affect over other people, it's, it's, it's okay, it's acceptable. In reality, there is very little that we do, even in private, even if nobody knows about it, that doesn't affect others. Even things that we do when no one can see us affects directly our character and our mind, and therefore, even if it's not direct, changes the way that we interact with the rest of the world. If it changes our character, that'll come out in other areas. This is perhaps an extreme example, but think about a drug addict. If we are a drug addict of some, some take your pick of whatever drug and no one knows about it, somehow you've managed to keep it completely hidden, we still make decisions based off of that addiction. We aren't contributing to society while we're stoned, 
We're not spending money to try and help people. We're spending it on drugs. We're not spending time because we're, we're stoned. We're high. We're focused on getting our next fix instead of being productive in other ways, productive from a societal standpoint, helping others, our family, our neighbors, our community. And as we also mentioned, changes the way we think. And in the case of drugs, many times either dumb us down and or temporarily puts us out of our mind. And that's just the effects of a private habit, of a habit that is unknown to people. Rarely do those things stay secret. If you're a drug addict, it's going to come out eventually probably because it drags you farther and farther down the rabbit hole. And eventually you're doing all sorts of crazy things to get your next fix. And even though they don't stay secret. Again, whether whether the thing is is well known or or maybe known only by a few, it, it's it's one of those things that isn't unknown to anyone, but maybe just your family and a few close friends know about whatever that habit might be. We're a discouragement to those people. We're a discouragement to to our family and to our friends. Where we we trouble them with our actions. We do affect the way that they think because they are care for us. We're a bad example to people that may see us. To the youngins that are watching us, our children or our, our nieces or nephews or any children that look up to us, we're teaching people in general that personal responsibility doesn't matter. What we choose to do, whether in private life or in public life, affects us and changes us. And therefore, it does the same to the people that see us and interact with us. And that can be good and that can be bad. If we are behaving badly, we are affecting other people and helping them to behave badly. If we're behaving goodly, good, excuse me, if we're behaving well, we are helping other people to do the same. And now, as we think about that, we get to the essence of being truly free. The founding fathers understood that freedom, true freedom, can only exist when a people is moral and disciplined of its own accord. James Madison said, Liberty may be endangered by the abuses of liberty as well as the abuses of power. I'm going to reread this one because it takes maybe a second. Liberty may be endangered by the abuses of liberty as well as the abuses of power. William Penn, the founder of the colony of Pennsylvania, said, Wear none of thy own chains, but keep free whilst thou art free. And in case you don't understand that, I'll break it down really quick. Don't enslave yourself, but be sure to keep free while you have the opportunity, whilst thou art free, art free, before you enslave yourself to some desire, to some vice, to some sin. Thomas Jefferson said, This country, which has given to the world the example of physical liberty, owes to it that of moral emancipation also. For, as yet, it is but nominal with us. The inquisition of public opinion overwhelms in practice the freedom asserted by the laws in theory. Boy, that sounds familiar today, doesn't it? Media justice, the court of popular opinion. It was an issue even then. And while we may have physical liberty, we owe it to ourselves and to the world to have moral emancipation, to back up that physical liberty with the responsible individual behavior that it requires. John Adams said, I would define liberty to be a power to do as we would be done by. I, there's a little bit more to the quote, but let me reread that. I would define liberty to be a power to do as we would be done by, 
the power to behave towards others as we would have them to behave towards us. The definition of liberty to be the power of doing whatever the law permits, meaning the civil laws, does not seem satisfactory. John Adams said, We have no government armed with power capable of contending with human passions unbridled by morality and religion. Our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Governor Morris a penman and signer of the Constitution, said, For avoiding the extremes of despotism or anarchy, the only ground of hope must be on the morals of the people. I believe that religion is the only solid base of morals and that morals are the only possible support of free governments. Therefore, education should teach the precepts of religion and the duties of man towards God. Robert Winthrop, Speaker of the U.S. House at one point, Men, in a word, must necessarily be controlled either by a power within them or by a power without them, either by the word of God or by the strong arm of man, either by the Bible or by the bayonet. Benjamin Franklin said, Only a virtuous people are capable of freedom. As nations become corrupt and vicious, they have more need of masters. That also sounds familiar today, does it not? We must realize that true freedom demands individual self-government, governance. To paraphrase something I heard the conservative YouTuber John Doyle say, without morality, we merely choose our own form of self-destruction. I hope you can clearly see that's where we're at today. We have no self-control, no societal responsibility as a society, as a culture. That's, that's what our culture emphasizes and chooses to be like. To actually work, the individual must make a choice, must have a code, an individual unselfish code based off of Christian principles. Not having a higher moral code, having a concept of freedom that only focuses on self, that does not have moral responsibility, that does not behave itself of its own accord, leads to chaos. And chaos will be stopped with force, individual force or not. Like Robert Winthrop said, men will be controlled either by the Bible or by the bayonet by themselves, or by someone else. Instead of our attitude being, I am free, therefore I can do what I want, it should be, I am free, therefore what is my duty as a free man? What is our duty as free men? Freedom, true freedom, is emancipation from our desires and from sin, not a ticket to do whatever we want. Freedom is inextricably linked with responsibility. And now, let's consider what it costs us. What does freedom, what does true freedom, what does liberty cost us? To hearken back to the title of this episode, what does it take to be free? Based on what we've talked about, as you might have guessed, it costs us. It takes moral responsibility. Let's hear a few more quotes from the Founding Fathers and Company. Sam Adams said, 
The truth is, all might be free if they valued freedom and defended it as they ought. Where are your priorities? What's really valuable to you? Is freedom? Because if it is, you'll defend it. If it's truly valuable to you, and you will, by definition, be free. Thomas Paine said, Those who expect to reap the blessings of freedom must, like men, undergo the fatigues of supporting it. The fatigues of supporting it. I would point you to that word. It's not always easy, folks. John Adams said, Liberty must at all hazards be supported. We have a right to it, derived from our maker. But if we had not, our fathers have earned and bought it for us at the expense of their ease, their estates, their pleasure, and their blood. We have a right to it as men, created in the image of God. And we must defend it. And not only because of that, but because of the sacrifice that our forefathers made so that we could be free. And again, it cannot be selfish. It cannot be just about me. Thomas Jefferson said, It behoves every man who values liberty of conscience for himself to resist invasions of it in the case of others. If we truly value freedom, if we truly value the ability to choose our own moral path of living and to live responsibly, we must defend it not only for ourselves but for others as well. Folks, if we are to be truly free, truly and really free, we must be active. We must be moral. We must throw off selfishness and embrace the will of God. That includes not only self-discipline and righteousness, but also working to help others, taking part in making your community better, both in your actions with the individual, your neighbors, your family, and so forth, and what actions you take on a community level, running for office, organizing various community events, Supporting the spreading of the word of God. Since the focus of free government, since the key to free government and freedom is self-responsibility, it is up to us, up to me and to you, to make this country what it should be. Thomas Jefferson said, the price of freedom is eternal vigilance. If we are to be free if we are to have small government, if we're to be allowed to make our own decisions in life, we must make our own decisions. If we are to be free, we cannot throw that freedom to the wayside. We must be responsible. We must take, take hold of it by the horns. And make what's around us, our communities, our families, eventually our states and even and, and our country, what it should be, because we are free men. That is our duty. That is our responsibility. Today, unfortunately, as sad as it is, we're in a culture that's selfish. We're enamored with comfort, convenience, and pleasure. Everything about our society focuses on those three things. Make sure you're comfortable. Make sure you're happy as they as they define it. Make sure that you have that endorphin high. Make sure you're doing what feels good. That's the ultimate goal in our society, in our culture today. And yet we all know deep down that life can never be all of that. And many of us have probably, most of us, perhaps all of us, but all of us eventually 
will know that life cannot be all comfort, convenience, and pleasure. There are times of suffering. There are times of hardship. And yet, in our society, even people that do not agree with that in, in a general sense still live as if that's our ultimate goal. They still make decisions based solely off of comfort, convenience, and pleasure, not off of conviction. When you think about the issues with COVID and people going along to get along, and it doesn't really matter, you know, we'll, we'll be finished with all this stuff eventually. With the rising communism in this country, people are just like, well, it's bad, but not really doing anything to fight against it. The militant transgenderism. We think kids should be allowed to decide whether they're a, a different gender or not, even though that is a biological impossibility, and we will ruin children for the rest of their lives because that's freedom, because that's emancipation, because they're allowed to choose what kind of sexuality they have or whatever. And, and of course, there are many other, other issues as well. The general tyranny of thought, spirit, and body that is rampant today has to be railed against, has to be fought against. It has to be. If we are to be free men, if we are to, to, to live up to our responsibilities as men and as free men, as, as citizens of this country, and as descendants of the people that fought for it before, we must fight against this. We must do something to stop it. It won't be easy. It won't be comfortable. And it won't be convenient. But I, for one, speaking for myself, could not live with myself if I sat back fat and lazy, and chose to do nothing for myself or those that would come after me while the chains of slavery are bound upon me hand and foot. Can you live with yourself? This isn't comfortable. This isn't what people want to hear. But you will one day answer to God for your actions, and you will suffer the consequences of actions or inaction here on earth, especially with this sort of, especially with what we're talking about today. Will you make the decision to stand for something bigger than yourself? Something that countless others have before? And they stood for those things just so that you could carry the torch that they did? You could, they can pass the torch to you? They shed their lifeblood to allow you to carry on the fight. Not so you could sit back and be lazy. So you could carry on the fight that they started. Will you spit on their graves and ignore their sacrifice? I won't, and I honestly hope that you'll join me in fighting against this, in fighting for freedom. There are things bigger than us in this life. There are things worth dying for. And even though it's not as comfortable, not as safe, maybe, <laughs> or convenient, it's not truly living to do anything else. There's a phrase that floats around from time to time. I don't know if it's a quote from someone or not, but it... The phrase is, a coward dies a thousand times, but a man only dies once. Let that sink in for a minute. <laughs> There's a quote from a movie. I don't remember the movie, um, but I've seen it. it. It had, or I haven't, I've seen the quote. I've seen the clip. Robert Duvall was in it. And uh, he, he, they were talking to, it was, it was a Western, and they were talking to this guy, and, and there was some outlaw or what have you, the general set up, I'm sure. And the guy wants to fight back, and, and he wants his sons to do something, but he said, I didn't raise my sons to be killed. And Robert Duvall's character says, you may not understand this, but there are things that gnaw at a man worse than dying. Thomas Jefferson said, 
Timid men prefer the calm of despotism to the boisterous sea of liberty. And I would add to that that despite the fact that we may reach some sort of calm in despotism, it's never truly calm because people never stay that way. People are by nature boisterous. They fluctuate. They change. They get careless. They get restless. And that can never stay permanently. And to add to that, Ben Franklin said famously, as many of you have probably heard, but if you either way, it's good to hear it again. Those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. Life is in many ways not about how we choose to live, as we have relatively little control over that. It's about how we choose to die, to focus solely on things we cannot guarantee or control, like our personal safety and comfort, is but to have faith in nothing but yourself. We do actually have control over how we live in our morals, in our moral actions, in our pattern of life, in the code that we choose to live up by, uh, live up to, we do choose that. And we choose how we respond to the time and chance of life. We may do things to provide for safety, to provide for comfort, and that's all right. But we can never guarantee it. What we can guarantee is how we deal with those things and how we behave on a day-to-day -day basis. That's the only things we can truly control. To believe in something. Moreover, to believe in the right thing is to truly live. Action. Inconvenient, sacrificial action is the call of our generation. We should not shrink from the field. We are not the first to deal with these things, and as long as life continues, we will not be the last. Be strong, brothers and sisters. And determine for yourself to take every pain to fight for what is right, to fight for liberty. I truly hope you've gained something from this episode of the Kentuckian, folks. I truly do. Your support means so much to me, and I'm trying to steadily improve. I hope for those that have heard more, more than one of my episodes that, that perhaps you've seen improvement. I'm still new at this, and I'm trying, trying to make a difference. If you'd like to continue to support me, share this podcast, post the, the links on social media. Of course, you can listen to more of my episodes, all sorts of things like that. That, that makes such a huge difference. If you like the message, help spread it. If you'd like to support me more directly so that I can continue what I do here and in other areas, my Patreon will be linked below. And as I leave you today, folks, remember... As long as you and I are doing what is right, we will make a real difference in this world. The Kentuckian, trying to make a difference one person at a time.